What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Letterman Lounge. That's Matt Parker on the other side of that screen. You already know that, though, because you watch the Letterman Lounge every week. Usually it's on Thursdays, sometimes Fridays. Last week, Saturdays, because you went up to see Carlo, the new Ohio State commit, the offensive lineman. We'll get into that and a lot more here on today's edition of the Letterman Lounge, Letterman Rose, Ohio State Recruiting Podcast. Matt Parker, how are you doing? You know, man, the the sun is out for the first time in like three weeks. So uh, pretty good. No, no complaints. It's nice uh, to actually see the sun does still exist. Um, but the, the sun has been out for Ohio State on the recruiting trail. I'll, I'll tell you that much. That much I do know. So, yeah. How about you? How are things? Uh, good. Not much to complain about. And if I tried to complain, no one would listen. So I don't do it. Um, the sun is out. It's nice. You can see it a little bit in the background of my screen. And we're going to talk Ohio State recruiting. And I don't think that it can be a bad day when you talk about Ohio State recruiting, especially right now, Matt, because January was quite um, fruitful for this program. Um, a lot of visitors came to campus, people shuffling through the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, learning a little bit more about the program. Um, three new members of the class learned enough about the program previously to decide to um, go ahead and, and remove the silent status from their commitment and just go ahead and commit in the month of January. We're going to talk about it. First, Devin Sanchez on January 6th, I believe, on Saturday, January 6th, commits to Ohio State um, on the same day that Seth McLaughlin, McLaughlin the new center uh, that's going to help Ohio State in 2024, he committed, and then Devin Sanchez committed just a couple hours after. That was a big day for Ohio State. Then you go to here, Mathis, defensive end, edge, Ohio State, desperate position of need. He commits to Ohio State a few days later. And then Saturday, like we said, you were up in Toledo. We're going to talk about that trip. Um, Four-star offensive lineman, a desperate position of need. Excuse me, Carter Lowe commits to Ohio State. That is just an absolute uh, winner for Justin Fry. Um all in all, Matt, a good month in January for uh, Scarlet and Gray. Yeah, let's start um, with the most recent and work our way backwards. Uh, I'm only going to spend a couple of minutes on it, uh, on each on each new 2025 commit, just because there are still some things happening this weekend for Ohio State um, in terms of visitors. And it is technically plural uh, visitors, but we'll get to that in, in a few moments here. But, yeah, being up at Toledo-Whitmer last Saturday – uh, Carter Lowe had been a silent to Ohio State for a couple of weeks now, um, but announced his decision on his grandfather's birthday, which was pretty cool. Uh, his grandfather was in the audience uh, and is a big Ohio State fan. So that was pretty cool to see. You know, you you love to see those kind of moments and things like that between, uh, you know, a prospect and his family and stuff like that, who that's the biggest one of the biggest things is that, like, it's not just Ohio State doesn't just recruit Carter Lowe. You know, Ohio State recruits uh, his family, the Toledo Whitmer staff, the entire, you know, community, essentially. So to see all of that come to an end uh, in person is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, we talked about this uh, last week in our reaction video for Carter Lowe committing to Ohio State. And um, if you're not subscribed to the Letterman Row YouTube channel, now would be a good time to do so so you can watch all of our videos. Um, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, for more in-depth analysis, though, go check out the Carterlo reaction video. But as we said in, in last Saturday, that's a big win for Ohio State for two reasons. One, it was at a position of need. And two, this was an in-state kid 
but had a national recruitment. And anytime that happens and Ohio State wins that battle, uh, it, it needs to be celebrated in two different avenues as, you know, keeping an in-state guy home, but then also, you know, keeping powers like college football powers like Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Tennessee, who were in his final five along with Ohio State uh, to prevent Carter Lowe from going to, to those programs. So I think Carter Lowe has the potential to be, I mean, he is the cornerstone of this offensive line class, which is just him right now. But you're going to see, I mean, the, the board is going to take an interesting turn as we head into February. We have a dead period coming up, uh, which means no, no visitors, no going out on the road. Coaches can still be in contact with guys. Uh, you'll certainly see that. But between February is like such an interesting month on the college football calendar because it's a recruiting dead period. And then it's nothing but workouts for the team. So, like, it's a big planning month for college football programs across the country between planning for spring ball uh, and, like, how spring practices are going to run and stuff like that, but then also the recruiting aspect of it. I would be – I wouldn't be shocked if there's going to be some reevaluating of the offensive line board, but you don't have to do that if you're Ohio State with Carter Lowe because he's already in the class. So – uh, and I really like him. I think he's really good, obviously. I mean, he's he's six foot five, pushing 300 pounds, and he's like the number nine overall offensive tackle in the on three industry ranking. So, yeah, he's pretty good at the football, too. So, that's uh, that's that's good for Ohio State. I would say that. Um, yeah, yeah. Then you go to any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think that it's a good start for the class. Um, obviously, a big win. We talked about it on Saturday for that video, but um. You know, these are the kind of recruitments you have to win. And if you don't, then your offensive line is going to suffer. Um, I think it's it's a lot more of a Midwestern thing, you know, keeping that balance of, of power and keeping the power unbalanced in the Midwest, making sure that, you know, Notre Dame wasn't a big player in Carter Lowe's recruitment, but making sure that a, an offensive lineman like that of that caliber doesn't go to Notre Dame, making sure an offensive lineman of that caliber with the way Michigan's been developing offensive linemen doesn't go to Michigan. Um you know, doesn't go to a Penn State, doesn't go to, um, you know, your new Big Ten foes, Oregon, Washington, uh, USC. And then when the SEC gets involved, it's an entirely different ballgame. And then you, you kept those programs like Georgia, like Alabama, a little different now, but like Tennessee, um, definitely a player in the NIL game. You know, you kept them at, at arm's length and at bay long enough to develop the relationship to where Carter was was okay committing to Ohio State this early in the process. I think that's huge. So, you know, it it, it, it it's in layers for me. Um, it's obviously big for Ohio State. It's big for the Midwest because you're keeping guys where they need to be when they're from Ohio, even though Toledo is not the friendliest Ohio State territory. And you're keeping guys away from the SEC because we've seen Ohio guys before get enamored by a Clemson or by an SEC school and go down there. And so, yeah, I think it's big. Then you look, you know, down the board, Matt, not down the board, but I guess up the board in one case, you know, so here Matt is down the board from Carter Lowe. Uh, maybe, maybe he might even be up the board because he's a top 100 player as well. And then Devin Sanchez, we've talked about both of these guys a little bit, but um, the Buckeyes have now a defensive end, a linebacker, and a member of two members of the secondary already committed in the class of 2025. The offensive side, Tavian St. Clair, Carter Lowe, a couple other guys, Javon Boggs. Um, I know I'm missing, you know, one or two, but 
I'm not trying to name the entire class so far, but I think it's important that the Buckeyes have at least one piece, um, cornerstone piece. Yeah. Uh, you know, an Ohio guy at linebacker, he can help you recruit. A top 100 at defensive end, hey, if, if this top 100 wants to buy into Larry Johnson still, others should, and he can pitch that as a recruit recruiting tactic and then Devin Sanchez one of the one of the top corners in the country like you've got some cornerstones there on that defensive side now all because of what you did in January and I think it's a good springboard for the rest of the cycle Matt yeah all three levels um on the defensive side of the ball are are well represented and even though Ohio State only has what seven seven or eight guys in its 2024 class or 2025 class excuse me uh they're all really, really good players, you know, like with Carter Lowe's commitment, that's now five players that are in uh, num- position number one through 85 overall. Like that's really freaking good, you know. Uh, but to your point about using January as a springboard into, you know, March, because you can't really do much of anything in February with the dead period, as we said, um, that's why planning is so important in February deciding, you know, or or rather sending invitations to, okay, is this going to be our big recruiting weekend during spring ball? How many guys from this program? How many guys from here? How many guys here? So on and so forth. So the the logistics behind it to keep the momentum going is, is, is massive. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned Zaheer Mathis being that cornerstone guy right now on the defensive line for Larry Johnson. And I did my first 2025 mock class a couple of weeks ago. I think if Ohio State does what it should do, um, I think Ohio State's going to have a defensive line class that is mostly from the Midwest. Um, with, I mean, two guys from Indiana, two guys from maybe three guys from Ohio. If Ohio State decides to offer Cedric Works, um, which is something to watch as we move into the spring ball territory here. Uh, So the fact that Zaheer Mathis could be considered the quote unquote outsider being from Philly, like that's a, that's a good thing for Ohio state, Uh, which just goes to show that like the talent that the Midwest is producing right now, uh, it's insane. This 2025 and 2026 cycle of talent in the Midwest is just nuts. Uh, But then, yeah, like you, you have guys, you have important guys at, every position right now for Ohio state or rather at every level for Ohio state right now. Uh, and expect all, all of the commits to be on campus throughout the spring, especially the in-state guys. And especially, especially Tavian St. Clair. That's a guy who I think is going to become more vocal as this 2025 cycle just continues to move forward and, and move along and stuff like that. So, I think March is going to be a big month for Ohio state. And we're going to get into that probably like in a month from now, like, well, maybe we could do like a little preview of it, but before we get to March, there is still one last uh, visit weekend for Ohio state. That is this weekend. Uh, The dead period doesn't start until Monday, February 5th. Um, But Ohio state originally was thinking about doing like a, another big visitor weekend, but that, that changed in the last, I don't know, week or so. And now only two guys are heading to campus, and that is five-star cornerback Naheem Offord from, I believe, Birmingham, Alabama, plays at Parker High School. And then you have four-star – yeah, no, not my high school. Not my high school. I'll say that. And then you have four-star uh, Warren Central edge rusher 
Damian Shanklin out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And those are two guys that I, I, I mean, those, those are two guys that I like to pay attention for, for Ohio state. Like it's crazy to say, but the way that Ohio state defensive recruiting has turned around in the last couple of years is, is insane. Uh, and I think that's just because of the product that Ohio state has put on the field. Uh, you've been around for a few more recruiting cycles than I have, but I think you would agree with that assessment that Ohio state for once has a, uh, consistency on the defensive side of the ball. And then also it's a competent defense. Guys mm -hmm. know what they're supposed to do, where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to do things. And that goes a long way on the recruiting trail. And a lot of people may not realize that, but putting a solid product out on the field uh, means putting a consistent product out on the field. And that speaks volumes to, you know, prospects, prospects, families, prospects, coaches, like, the ripple effects are just ridiculous and having a consistent defense. Um, but let's, let's talk about real quickly. We'll, we'll dive into Naheem Offord here. Uh, Ohio state already has two cornerbacks in its 2025 class with Devin Sanchez from Houston, Texas, and then Blake would be from Baltimore, Maryland out of St. Francis Academy. Uh, there's like there, there's about two more spots left in that cornerback class already for Tim Walton. And, Naheem Offord is a take. I mean, you're not going to tell the number one cornerback by on three. Uh, you're not going to tell him no by any means. Do I think, uh, obviously, like this is just a visit uh, just to get re-familiarized with Ohio State, with the staff, with the program, you know, being in the woody, walking around, seeing things, and so on and so forth. But this is a guy who, I mean, Ohio State is going to be a contender in this recruitment. Uh, I think anytime there's a top level cornerback anymore, you have to take Ohio State as a serious contender for for that prospect. And that's just because of what Tim Walton has done on the recruiting trail, what he's doing, developing guys, so on and so forth. Um, this is a recruitment that I think will go into the summer. It'll bleed into the summer. You'll have Alabama as a contender. You'll have Auburn as a contender. Uh, you know, just typical SEC programs for a kid down in Alabama. Uh, but if Ohio State makes makes a big push this weekend, um, that could be interesting. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think Ohio State has a real chance here. So here's why. Um, I, I don't want to get, like, too serious on the show. Auburn's new defensive coordinator is DJ Durkin. If you don't know anything about DJ Durkin, look him up. There's, there's, there, you can negatively recruit against DJ Durkin. It's not hard. That's the Auburn part. Just negative. You can negatively recruit. Like, do you want to go play for DJ Durkin? I don't know if Naeem Offord wants to do that. He might, and that's fine. To each their own. <clears throat> Alabama in the 2024 class took three corners. All three of them were five stars. Okay, like Ohio State has had an incredible run of recruiting. Defensive backs. Seriously, it's been awesome. Talk about uh, – let's go through it. It's Denzel Burke right now, Jordan Hancock. That group is from 21 is pretty good. You look at the 23 group, Jermaine Matthews, uh, Calvin Simpson Hunt, really, really good. 2024, Bryce West and Aaron Scott and Miles Lockhart. That's going to be a good group. It doesn't compare to what uh, – just being honest, it doesn't compare to what Alabama did in the 2024 class. They took – 
They took Jalen Mbakwe, they took Zay Mincy, and they took Xavier Brown. All three of them, five-star cornerbacks. Then you also have Jameer Grimsley, who I believe uh, has already transferred out. Yeah, went to Florida. So you already lost one of them, but that doesn't matter. You've got three five-star cornerbacks from the 2024 class. Alabama, in the state of Alabama, is almost impossible to beat. And if a kid doesn't go to Alabama, he's probably going to go to Auburn. But I'm telling you right now, with the way that Alabama recruited the position in 2024 and Tavares Robinson leaving Alabama and the way that Auburn has decided it's going to construct its coaching staff, not only with Hugh Freeze, but now with DJ Durkin, like I would not be surprised, would not be surprised if Ohio State becomes a, a big-time player here because Tim Walton knows how to build relationships. He knows how to recruit the South. He knows what he's doing. And Ohio State um, already has one five-star corner in this class. Now it can go out and get a second and and start to build a relationship with a second and say, okay, this is what this can be um, with two five stars, you know, one on each side. You guys develop for a year under these guys, and then you're the next wave of these of this new wave of Ohio State corners that we expect to be incredibly good. I I know that that's a long winded answer. I didn't mean to go very long, but like I think all of these factors. You know, Auburn still hasn't been able to show anything on the defensive side. They haven't put corners in the league very well. Alabama, new, entirely new coaching staff. The rest of the SEC, LSU just hired a brand new staff. That's going to be hard to develop that relationship back up with Naeem Offord. Uh, Miami's going to be a player in this recruitment because Miami's a player in all recruitments. And, uh, you know, we don't really Why need to go – we don't we don't really need to discuss the the haves and have nots of why, but I think Ohio State is definitely a player here, and I wouldn't be surprised if you hear Ohio State buzz start to pick up on the team offered after this visit. It'll be interesting for me to see how Tim Walton navigates all of this because Dorian Brew is still out there for Ohio State. Ohio State loves Dorian Brew, uh, the four star cornerback out of Conroy, Texas, just outside of the Houston area. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how how Tim Olden has to navigate all of this because Dorian Brew was supposed to commit on January 24th, pushed back his commitment date. It has a, a new one hasn't been announced or anything like that. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see how Tim Walton is going to navigate all of this. And then you still have guys like, you know, Mark Zachary from Ben Davis out in Indianapolis is is still out there. Um, I mean, the, the the board is pretty long. Uh, Tim Walton certainly has his options, but it's almost like I, I, I'm ready to put Tim Walton in the Brian Hartline category of he's going to get who he wants. Uh, and the fact that he's been able to do that in a short amount of time is pretty impressive. But also Tim Walton's resume is pretty impressive as well. So hats off to him. Uh, moving into the front seven, uh, Damian Shanklin the four-star edge rusher out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, a lot of talent coming out of Indianapolis in the 2025 cycle. Um, that's pretty cool to see. You love to see – we're big Midwest people around here. So, you know, we, we like to see the Midwest thrive. Well, it's but, been a, a slow drip, right, because, like, Caden Curry um, came from Indian, the Indianapolis area. Josh Mickens, Ian Moore now from that Indianapolis area. I think Indiana is learning that – uh, football is a pretty good sport too, because for so long, you know, Indiana, you dream of wearing the the crimson and cream, and then you go play at Indiana for basketball. And the best athletes really play basketball. Some of the best athletes now in Indiana playing football. Dewan Jones, not from Indianapolis, but from Indiana. Like, I think it's a slow drip. You have Mylon Graham from Fort yeah. Wayne area. You know, it's we've obviously missed some. Uh, 
I think uh, was Terry McLaurin from Indianapolis from Fort Wayne, and then I think was Austin Mack from Indiana, I think as well. Uh, so like it's a slow drip, but it's it's working. Uh, yeah, it's Indiana's becoming better anyway. Yeah, on to just some quick notes about Damian Shanklin. Uh, this is a guy he doesn't have an Ohio State offer yet, but uh, you look at what happened with Ohio State on that January twentieth visit where they had Marion Die, who is also from Indianapolis. Uh, another edge rusher, he got the offer. And now I think Ohio State has wedged itself into the pole position for, for Marion Dye. Uh, right now, as it stands, Damian Shanklin is, is considered a pretty heavy Notre Dame lean. But talking with some Notre Dame folks, uh, if Ohio State offers, I think Ohio State's going to be hard to beat um, just because of the track record and also for the fact – Notre Dame already has four edge rushers committed to the 2025 cycle, which it's January and they already have that, that, that Notre Dame 2025 class is already pretty big. So it'll be interesting to see how Ohio state, how similar targets for Ohio state, and Notre Dame, how Ohio state works that, you know, just because it, it, it's, I mean, they're already, I think a double digit guys, like pretty high double digit guys too. I'd have to check just to 15 or 16. Yeah. But they're at 15 or 16 guys on February 1st um, as we're recording this, which is insane. Um, 14. To be exact. 14. Okay. That's still a lot for February 1st. I don't think Ohio State got to 14 in the 2024 class until like July, you know? So, but it's a different caliber of player that Ohio State's recruiting compared to Notre Dame, if we're going to be honest. Um and, and a lot of different ways too, though. Like Notre Dame gets good players, so I'm not gonna say they don't. They do. They do get good players. But anyway, uh, with Notre Dame already having four defensive linemen in its 2025 class, and Ohio State having one, um, I think you factor in uh, the fact that is Columbus to Indianapolis shorter than South Bend to yes. Indianapolis? No, it can't, be, can't be. If it is, it can't be by that much. No, but as somebody who makes the drive from Columbus to Indianapolis for this exact job more yeah. often than anybody would ever understand, yeah, I mean it's yeah, they're well, pretty close. Well, three hours on three hours on seventy is is not going to be the end of the world for a guy like Damian Shanklin when he has the opportunity to compete for national championships every single year uh, for at least the foreseeable future. He gets to get coached by one of the best defensive line coaches to ever grace the sport, and Larry Johnson. Uh, so expect I would expect an offer to Damian Shanklin to happen this weekend. And I'm not going to say if the offer happens, he's going to commit on the spot. Uh, just, just cause the, that, that typically never happens. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if that's a, if that offer happens, All right? Let's just operate on, on, on that. If that offer happens, I could see that recruitment ending soon just because Get your spot. We have more guys to go get. And also, Damian Shanklin is a really good player from the Midwest. That's a guy that Ohio State should offer. That's a guy that Ohio State should get in the class because programs like Notre Dame and Michigan and Penn State and, you know, the Wisconsins of the world and Iowa and all of, they're all in on this guy. And when Ohio State puts itself in the race for a defensive lineman in the Midwest, there is still that, like, oh, okay, okay, like the boss is here, you know? So 
I think that offer is going to happen this weekend and then Ohio State is quickly going to assert itself as the team to beat. So we'll see how that goes. Matt, I know these kids are 16 and 17 right now, but it is interesting to me that Damian Shanklin is coming on a visit. He is 6'5", 210 right now. He's a pretty slender uh, gentleman. Um, you know, Josh Mickens, another slender fella, um, a little on the smaller side for an edge rusher. Um, you know, so here Mathis is 6'5", 230. Even uh, for somebody who's pretty young, that's, that's still pretty small for a guy that you see committed to Ohio State. I, I just wonder – if the calculations are changing on which guys they're recruiting for the defensive end spot, it's not something we need to get into, but it is something worth keeping an eye on. Like if Damian Shanklin gets an offer this week, I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see a little bit of a shift in how Ohio State recruits the edge position. Um, just something, you know, off the radar for now to keep an eye on as, as we well, go into this cycle. I also play devil's advocate there. Uh, I know the folks at on three that work the database are, working to get a lot of updated measurements for for people for prospects so like for example zahir mathis is is more like six six right now than six five and he's actually a little bit smaller than the 230 he's about 225 um and then you have uh, i mean i don't know per se for damian shanklin but there is like a rankings update is going to be coming out soon for 2025 guys by on three. So expect to see some updated measurements across the board. And uh, the thing is, even if that, what'd you say? 210, if that 210 is accurate, he has a six foot five frame. Him and Mick Marotti are going to be best friends. If he decides to early enroll and at this time next year, it's going to be nothing but, you know, peanut butter banana toast you know yeah. like get ready to to carb load my guy so yeah for sure for sure uh Just yeah I, there, though, about about measurements that doesn't take away from what you were saying though like that might be true but yeah. with how i mean you look at ohio state's current defensive ends with jt tui Molo and jack sawyer still about six five but i mean they're what 260 255 something like that so i don't know just a quick note there, though. Yeah, the days of the the Bosa's being you know six four two eighty or whatever. I just I just don't you know two seventy five. It just doesn't really strike me as something Ohio State's going back to. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's wrong. I just I'm, I'm curious, and I think that it's okay to be curious, especially in the twenty twenty five recruiting cycle because it's so early in these kids' development. Still, you know, they've got a full senior year to play. They've got spring ball that they've got to go see. You know, if a coach sees them and says, "Hey, you got to put on some weight," you know, they might take that to heart. Um, so. You know, just something to keep an eye on as we go through this 2025 cycle. Matt, what do you say we get out of here? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's bounce. Let's get out of here. Let's, yeah. let's blow this popsicle stand. Matt Park on the other side of that screen. I'm just Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching the latest Letterman Lounge. Big weekend for Ohio State on the recruiting trail. A couple of big names. Damian Shanklin and the Eam Offered both heading to Columbus. We'll have full coverage of that at LettermanRoad.com. Thanks to that man right there, Matt Parker. Thanks to the guy off the screen, Alex Gleitman. And on the team side, the 40 year, 41 year vet, Tim May, Andy Baxham, and I got it all covered. We'll see you guys over at lettermanrow.com. Come get that coverage for $1 for your first month's great deal. We'll see you there.